0: So make a Saturday night of it uh, listening to the VSU-West florida Argonauts game and get you a couple hours sleep and then wake right back up and catch the Jaguars. How about that, James?
1: Sound like a good plan to me. <laughs> By right. the way, that can also be streamed on Yahoo.com for those who don't have the radio and uh, were wondering where else they can find it.
0: Yes, yes and I think that's the is that the first game of the year that yahoo.com is picking up on their live stream? I know they did that uh, they did that last year, I think with the Jags and the bills, didn't they?
1: Correct, yes, sir. Uh, it was uh the Jags and the Colts last year actually that they played and uh, yeah, that was the first stream on yahoo.com and uh apparently it did good enough to the point where they decided to uh, do it again.
0: All right, so this is going to be at Wembley Stadium. Uh again, 9:30 Sunday morning and uh man, let's talk about this matchup. Uh, James, I uh, I James, I guess I got to ask you. Uh first of all, will the real Jaguars please stand up?
1: <laughs> that's you know what? That's the question. That's a million dollar question. Uh everybody's trying to figure out who are the real Jaguars? Are they the team we saw in week one against the Houston Texans or are they the team that we saw uh, week two against the Tennessee Titans and um, one thing that uh, me and my uh, one of my co-hosts on our podcast for the Jags wire uh, one of the conclusions that we came to is that they're probably a team somewhere in between that Um, yes their defense is very good Uh, But at the same time, the Houston Texans offensive line was very bad that game. And at the same time, I don't think necessarily that the division is out of reach. Like they made it seem last week against the Titans, uh, they just, you know, they simply couldn't put up the offensive firepower to keep up with the Titans. But uh, that being said, I do think that the Jaguars are a a team in between what we saw in week one and week two.
0: I think that's a good assessment. Of course, you know, right now, um, I think the biggest question mark, and it's not going to come as a really a big suspense to anybody that's followed the Jags and follows the NFL, and I'm talking about the Jags quarterback situation. You know, it's obvious if you read between the lines at some of the comments that uh, Tom Coughlin is making, as well as Doug Marone, uh, neither have a lot of confidence in, uh, in Bortles. I think they realize at this point he's the best thing they've got. I mean, goodness gracious, we don't want to go back to Chad Henney, do we? So, with that being said, James, what's – I mean, the quarterback situation is much maligned right now, isn't it?
1: Yes, that's correct. And um, Mike DeRocco of ESPN, he's their beat writer for the Jags. He said, "Best, uh, you know, what you see is what you get. And, and what the bars currently have is what – you know, fans unfortunately are stuck with for the year. So, you know that they're, they're going to have to ride it out with Bortles, or potentially, you know, if it gets very bad and he throws like four picks in the next two games or something, we could see Chad Henne. And uh, you know, then then the the thoughts that Ryan Nassib might can you know get a chance might creep into people's minds as well. So, uh, but for the time being, they seem you know. They seem like that they're going to go forward with Bortles and that they're fine with it. And uh, from the press conference after Sunday's game, it seems like Marone wasn't really all that disappointed in Bortles as so much as he was disappointed in the offense. So it doesn't sound like he's going to be benching Blake Bortles anytime soon.
0: Yeah, and the NASBit, uh pickup, uh by the way, during the week, uh, there's a lot of history – with uh, with Doug Marone, he coached him at Syracuse, and so he's got they've got some history there uh with uh, Ryan Nesbitt.
1: Yeah, they do. They they have some history with Ryan Nesbitt. Not only that, but uh, Tom Coughlin was his coach too when Ryan Nesbitt was drafted in the fourth round of uh, I think it was the twenty thirteen draft, if I'm not mistaken. And um, offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, who's pretty much followed Marone since the Syracuse days was also Ryan Nassau's offensive coordinator, and he also has history, uh, if I'm not mistaken, with Tyrone Weekly, who, as we all know, that's the Jacksonville Jaguars running back coach.
0: Uh, James, let me ask you about the Jags uh, and their agreement to play in Jacksonville. I mean, I'm sorry, in London. Um, I know that Shad Khan, uh, he, he's a forward-thinking owner, I know when he made this deal. Uh, at the time, it was the first of any team in the NFL uh, to commit to a um, what was it a five year deal to play in London?
1: I think initially it was a five year deal, and um, or or it might have been a three year deal. But bottom line is they did sign an extension.
0: Okay, so with that being said, I know that uh, Shad Khan, uh, you know, uh, I guess his thoughts initially was that this would go a long way toward marketing the Jaguars, not just from a team standpoint, but from an apparel standpoint. And let's face it, the Jaguars were probably in need of a a good exposure type campaign. Do you think that this, uh, uh, so far, this schedule uh, has played out the way that Shad Khan had intended to with the, the Jags playing a home game? And let's face it, basically giving up a home date every year to play in Jacksonville. Has the trade-off been there? Has it been an advantage for the Jaguars, James, in your opinion?
1: Yeah, I would would say so. I I would say it's been a good plan, A, a smart strategic business move. I've always said, you know, the Jaguars, I mean, when you look at them statistically, they're one of the smallest markets in America. And they have one of the smaller fan bases in America. That's not to say that they're not sustainable in Jacksonville, but when you line them up with the other 31 teams, they, they have the smallest fan base and one of the smallest marketplaces. So for Shad Khan to think outside of the box and, you know, get the London crowd involved and the, the London market involved was just genius. It just it shows his ability as a businessman. Uh, as he's done, you know, things, he's done innovative things in his other ventures with his other businesses, and uh, that just goes to show you, as an owner as well, that he's thinking outside of the box, and it, it's been successful. They love the Jaguars in the UK. Um, some people would go as far as saying the UK needs their own team, and London does, but I don't know if they could sustain football for 16 or, or should I say, eight games. But, um, but plan has indeed been a smart one and um they do have those people in london as a part of their fan base so they they to me they're more like the international team for the nfl in my opinion they serve as a team that represents the usa as well as they serve the the jaguars and the nfl on international grounds as well
0: i think it's well said james uh very well put um and i and i think that that is a uh uh, a reason that – and I agree with you, by the way. Uh, I like the Jags doing this thing in London. I think it's a win-win for the team. Yeah, we'd like to, you know, get that that home date. But still, uh, I think it's important for the Jaguars' uh, international base. Um, now, let's talk about uh, the defense of the Jaguars. I mean, if you look at this defense up and down the roster, the starting 11 uh, arguably could be – as a group, the best in the NFL? I mean, you got a couple of shutdown corners, the defensive front. I mean, goodness gracious, we had 10 sacks in the opening game against Houston. Uh, what happened, that being said, what happened last week against the Titans?
1: Well, for, for one, the, t- the Tennessee Titans have a, a way better offensive line than the Texans and a way better offensive line than people have given them credit for. Uh, Me and you have talked about Mike Malarkey in the past. He was formerly the Jags coach, formerly a Falcons coach. You know, that's that's both of our favorite teams and the teams that we cover respectively. Um, But that being said, you know, Malarkey has built a very good offensive line in Tennessee. I would go as far as saying they're probably a top, along the lines of a top eight offensive line. So, I mean, that's not to say the Jaguars defensive line is bad, but I, I think that. Mike Malarkey has done a good job of building an offensive line. You look at what they have with Jack Conklin, um, Taylor Lewan, and, uh, I mean, just all around just a good offensive line, and they, they held up well against the Jaguars, who, um, who, who are a team. Another thing I will say is the Jaguars' defensive line kind of strike me as a better pass rushing line than a run blocking unit, so they had a little bit to do with it. Um, But, again, that's not to take anything from their defensive line, which is very good. But it's more so kudos to Mike Malarkey and what he's built and his ability as an offensive mind.
0: Yeah. Um, I I think Mike Malarkey is the best offensive mind, certainly one of the best in the uh, the NFL. Um, I saw that firsthand when he was offensive coordinator and play caller for the Falcons uh, under Mike Smith. And uh, and I'm I for one, while I would have loved to see the Jaguars uh, send Malarkey and uh, the Titans back to Nashville with a loss, I was happy for Mike Malarkey. I will admit that.
1: Well, see, the thing is, I can't say that as a Jaguars fan. Yeah, I'm <laughs> with you. Never say I'm I
0: understand. <laughs> I understand. Titans. I understand, but buddy. I, I got you.
1: But I, I do. I mean, like I said, secondarily, I am a Falcons fan, and I did, alongside you, you know, watch what he did with with the Falcons and the success they had. And, you know, he, he's very deserving of the success he's had. And, you know, he even said it himself. He didn't even know if he'd be a head coach again one day. Yeah. And what a blessing that turned out to be where he inherited the Tennessee Titans who, you know, had some pieces. And he just took those pieces and added on to it. And now, you know, he has the team that most would say should win the AFC South. Yeah.
0: All right, so what's it going to take, uh, James, uh, for the Jags to win in London on uh, Sunday morning?
1: Well, one, for one, on offense, is probably going to take um, more mistake-free football. And what I mean by that is to limit the turno- turnovers, um, to limit the self-inflicted penalties. The Jags, if I recall, had five um, against the Tennessee Titans. And they also had a lot of penalties against the, ten, uh, against the Texans as well. But the Texans also shot themselves in the foot with penalties as well, so it kind of just helped them and it kind of balanced out. But uh, the Jags had ten penalties overall against the Titans, five of which, which were on offense. And when you, you struggle to move the ball as the Jags' offense have and they're not a team built to make explosive plays, you hurt yourself. So they have to limit the self-inflicted penalties and they have to limit the turnovers from Blake Bortles. So that's probably going to involve a heavy dosage of Leonard Fournette and Chris Ivory. And on defense, uh, they simply just have to play as they did against the Ravens. Now, uh, I'm sorry, against the Houston Texans. And, you know, the Jaguars typically aren't going to have 10 sack games and, and games where you get four turnovers. But that being said, this Ravens offense can be had. When you look at their offensive line, they, they let Ricky Wagner, their right tackle, go in free agency. And they also lost Marshall Yonder, who you can, you can argue that Marshall Yonder is probably one of the best offensive linemen in the league, at least a top 50 player in the league. They lost him for the season with an ankle injury. They need to attack that interior offensive line and attack, uh, I think it's uh, Tony Bergstrom, who is Yonda's backup. They need to attack that interior and cause Flacco to throw some turnovers, in, which they have done in the past. He's thrown four interceptions to the Jaguars over the past two years. All
0: right, so, uh, James, uh, if you will, as we uh, wind things down here this morning, uh, give me your pick on the uh, the game on Sunday morning. Jaguars get their second victory of the year?
1: You know, I, I actually was asked about this by the um, the Ravens wire on USA Today and my my prediction then was uh, I took the Ravens seventeen to fourteen. Uh, but I will say this for the Jaguars If they could play mistake-free football. They could stay in this game because the, the Ravens aren't particularly explosive, in my opinion. And they they are a team that's struggling offensively too. They do run the ball well. They they are fourth in r- rushing. But again, they lost Marshall Yonder, who is the best guard in the league. So you would have to think that's going to take a hit. So. The Jags do have a chance. Whatever the score is going to be, I will tell you this, though, Phil, it's going to be a low-scoring game. And I think if the Jaguars can get some help from their defense like they did, maybe get a touchdown from those guys, maybe get some Jason Meyer field goals in there, they they you know they have a chance. And also their offense is going to have to contribute. There's no way around it. They're going to have to contribute as they did against the Texans.
0: Absolutely, and uh, interesting uh, little uh, take for you. By the way, are, so are you still with the USA Today Sports Wire? I am. Okay, so tell listeners how they can uh, uh, follow you.
1: Yes, you, you can follow me on Twitter at sportsgrind underscore done, and you can follow our site, which I manage, um, one of 32 team sites on USA Today. Uh, you can follow that at Jaguarswire.usatoday.com. And you can also follow our Twitter handle, The Jaguars Wire. So feel free to check us out on USA Today. Um, We have, as I said, 32 team sites for the NFL. We also have two more extra football sites called the Touchdown Wire and the Draft Wire, which is pretty much self-explanatory. The Draft Wire covers the draft and, you know, draft prospects. Touchdown Wire covers the breaking news in the NFL. So, you know, we're just expanding at USA Today, and uh, we we reached out into the basketball field of things. You know, we're going to have a Warriors Wire soon. We also have a Lonzo Ball Wire.
0: Oh, also, Lord.
1: Who, yes. <laughs> we, we You know, we, we're looking into <laughs> all venues, man. And, and for the latest in Lonzo Ball uh, news and, and the latest in the Ball family news, feel free to check that out as well as we're just expanding – and we're doing it in a way that, you know, in, in a new school way of, of reaching to people over the Internet and social media.
0: And you are a true entrepreneur, my friend. And, hey, let's uh, let's talk on Monday. Let's recap this game. What do you say?
1: Absolutely. And hopefully we can recap a win, which, um, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's certainly not.
0: All right. James, as always, appreciate you joining us. And we look forward to another season of talking Jags football with you.
1: All right, Phil, you take care. All right, you too, brother.
0: Bye-bye.